It's time to get away from it all. Doesn't matter if you say you or y'all. Let's all get out there and have some fun. Bluff City Outdoor Show is for everyone. Welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show. Thank you, Perry Woods, and indeed, welcome to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Leah and my partner, Mark McMurray, the owner of Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, Illinois. Mark, great to see you. How's it going? It's going well, Tony. Going well. Thank you. Uh, And we got a great show for you today. Of course, we'll bring you the fishing report. Uh, We bring you that every week in our third segment, so keep it here for that. About 40 minutes from now or so, we'll uh, have that for you. And uh, we have a guest in the next segment. This week's guest is Luke DeMilner, and he is a trapper up in Iowa where they are dealing with some weather, uh, some snow. Um, But uh, I know, as we've talked in the past, Mark, trapping is uh, kind of a passion of yours, something that you're into. And um, uh, Bluff City Outdoors is one of the very few uh, stores in the area that uh, service that industry. So looking forward to this conversation with Luke. Oh, yeah, it, it should be good. Yeah, he's been uh, really knocking the raccoons down up there. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw where his f- first line, first check, he had 173 raccoons caught, you know, which Ooh. is which is mind-numbing. <laughs> you know, years ago, that would be what a person would catch in a season. In a season, yep. yeah, and he catches them in one, caught them in one day. One day, one swoop. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's you know, um, uh, trapping, as we've talked about, it's not, you can't just say somebody's a trapper and then you, then that says it all. Then you know basically what that guy does because there's so many, like we've had, like we had the Batman on before, yeah, you know, Batman. who focuses. Ron Scheller. Yeah, Ron Scheller, who focuses on, on bats, does other critters as well, but you know, he's a, he's a, he's a bat guy and. Luke, I think, as we've talked about, uh, you know, focuses on raccoons, but there's so many other, uh, you know, there's a lot of layers to uh, what trappers do. It's not, it's not just one animal or just a couple animals or one way of doing things. It's pretty complicated stuff. It, it is, and you know, and, and then when you're when you're trapping and stuff, you typically kind of go with okay, raccoons are they'll hold up when it gets real, real cold. So you you know, you got to catch them in the early part of the season. Beavers never quit going out, so you can catch them later and their season runs longer and uh cert- certain animals hold up certain ones don't raccoons possums skunks they'll den up and mm. it's cold they won't come out much whereas um you know mink uh muskrats beaver foxes coyotes they have to continue to eat mm-hmm. so that they're the weather doesn't slow them down when in our area what are the biggest what are the trappers in our area what are the what are the biggest animals that they're that are causing problems no, raccoons and beavers. Raccoons and beavers. Yeah. yeah. Coyotes a little bit, maybe too. Coyotes, people get, uh, affect people's deer hunting. Yeah. You know, because there's yeah. too many of them. So they'll call those numbers down to try to improve the deer hunting. Raccoons affect the turkey population and they just get into everything. Mm-hmm. I would imagine with, um, you know, raccoons are, they're, they're everywhere. You know, they are in rural areas. They're a big problem for farmers. But, you know, I've, I've seen, raccoons digging through my trash you know in the middle of a subdivision where there's not a a wood line for miles you know around there you know so it's not like they aren't you know it's not like they need the woods or you know rural area to live incredibly adaptable yeah Uh, they'll they'll live in the storm sewer systems Uh they'll they'll make their dens you'll see them coming out of those at night absolutely and and, uh you know that's where they'll stay Uh, yeah you know they they're they're just 
They don't need a lot. So with that being the case, and that you know, they're, they're being such a consistent problem that can really uh, crop up anywhere, um, do we? Are you seeing that there are there's more of a need for trappers in the area, or is it one of the? Because I feel like it's um, it's kind of a, a skill that it has uh, faded. Unfortunately, it's like the, the, it, I feel like there's, and, and hopefully I'm wrong, but that this is not something that people have been doing uh, as much, um, but. It certainly seems like the need is as great or greater than it ever has been for that. So it doesn't seem to jive. So what it is is, you know, most guys, when they go out and they'll do their trapping and stuff, they're, they're doing it because they love to, to do the sport. But they also, it's one of the few sports where you can actually, when the, the fur prices are decent, you can actually cover all your expenses and maybe make enough to buy the kids stuff for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, that, you know, but when the fur prices are where they're at now, which is really, really low, uh, you just don't get that. The world doesn't get that free service of people mm-hmm. going out and trapping them and removing them from the ecosystem. You think that there would be money in it, like with with guys like Luke that we're going to talk to. That with uh, you know when when it, raccoons are getting in your trash cans and they're a problem in you know in subdivisions and things like that. You'd think that there'd be money to be made. So there is for the from, guys that do the animal damage control side of it. Yeah, and and the, and that does get costly. Yeah, because there can be a lot of raccoons in it in a small area, and if you're having to pay fifty or sixty bucks an animal to have them removed, you know that you might have a, a they're hitting a, a restaurant dumpster going right. through your yard, so you you want them caught, and uh, you know there might be twenty or thirty of them that they have mm-hmm. to remove. But as far know. as the guy who sort of does it on the side as a hobby as a sport. There's not as much, not as much of that going not on. Not as right much, now. yeah, and not as much incentive. It, it, to do it. you know, it does make a difference if they want to cover their expenses, you know. Uh, yeah. Because like up there where Luke's at, uh, I just he's covering to him. his expenses. Yeah, he's, he, he's covering a hundred raccoons in a day. <laughs> but he's still, uh, you know, he's up in an area where 10, 15 years ago, those his raccoons would have averaged thirty or forty bucks a piece, and he said he just talked to one of his buddies and they sold them for they got thirteen. Mm. So, I mean, you know, it's just guys used to be able to, to, to you know, make enough to, to make it worth their while and uh, would hit them hard. But with the fur prices down, uh, it's just not, not been that way. What is raccoon fur used for? What it's usually is- used for trim for garments. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. So it still is a um, a garment. Yeah. It, primarily it's, it's a, a garment, garment yeah. kind of thing. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. And, and one of the... I guess one of the furs that the uh, the the PETA type folks don't get so upset about because they're no, they get upset about all of it. Oh, they <laughs> do about it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it, uh, I feel like there's a big difference between raccoons and some of the other ones, but yeah, maybe it's, that's it's, just it's, my it's, it's own personal. It's 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 the it's more of an ideology, you know. Yeah. It just they're they're they don't want you to have a pet either. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. That's a, that's so a great it's, point. It's not going to matter what you're catching, you know. Yeah. Don't want you to catch mice in your. You know, or so. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah, you're. You're. I should have thought of that. Uh, before we talk to Luke, want to check in with things out at uh, Bluff City Outdoors. How are things out at the shop? How are things at the uh, archery range and all that? Yep, uh, still percolating along, getting getting more and more people all the time. Uh, just far forget about two. We're going to have a, a sale starts today. Uh, run through Christmas Eve. So, oh, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, we're doing fifteen percent off on. Everything except bows, crossbows, traps, you know, live and frozen bait. So, so the people that have won Bluff City Outdoors gift cards. Yep, come in here from Dog SDL. They just got even a little more valuable. 
Come in and spend them in the next week. Yeah, yeah. use them on during the sale, and you get even more bang for your buck. Yeah, we, we made it kind of simple, just 15% off all that. You know, all your lures, plastics, you know, uh, sinkers, rods, reels, combos. So wanted to make it simple. That's probably the, about the best one we've ever done. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but uh, the Let's Go Fishing show is now just a couple weeks away. So that's going to be some exciting stuff. Yeah, I think it's yeah January 6th, 7th, and 8th over at the Gateway Center. Yeah, and that's going to be really, that's a great fishing show. I know. Yeah, it's something that uh, the whole industry uh, should be looking forward to, and uh, it should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, the archery range for people that, uh, you know, we kind of take this for granted because we do this every week. We talk all the time. Uh, but we have to remember that there are new people tuning in each and every week, and they may not realize what has uh, just been opened out there by you guys a couple months ago. Uh, one of the best uh, archery range and with the techno hunt system included, like nothing like this for miles around uh, in the St. Louis area. But uh, so just uh, remind folks a little bit about uh, the archery range and the new expansion out there. Um, so we got the, you can shoot uh, shoot the wall with paper targets. Uh, we got 3D targets to shoot, and then we also have the Techno Hunt system, uh, which is that's the best one. We bought the latest and the greatest one of that. <laughs> we have that, and then we uh, sell Matthews Hoyt and Bear bows, uh, Ten Point and Raven crossbows, and then we got full time Bowtech that's there. Uh, Jeff's usually there uh, Tuesday through Saturday. So if you need some work done, come on. That's out to the him. business. Yeah, he's really really good. He is, he is he is an awesome, knowledgeable guy. Talk about, man, you know, like when we talk, we're going to talk to Luke in, in, in a little bit. And, you know, these guys that, um, you know, that make it their life, whatever, you know, whatever the industry is, whatever the, the sport is, um, um, you know, they just are the, 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 the knowledge runs so deep. And when you talk to Jeff out at Bluff City Outdoors, the Bowtech out there, this this guy has done it since he was a little kid yep like yeah, he just he he just knows everything it's pretty incredible yeah he's, he's got like 20 years experience and he's only in his 30s yeah you know, it's yeah that, that type of level exactly yeah absolutely incredible um have you heard anything uh, uh from the, we'll get the fishing report here in a little bit we had mike marfell in studio with us last week of course professional fisherman he's you know, this is he's raring to go. This is his time of year. This is you know the 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 hardcore guys. They know that this is the time to get out on the water and and uh, you know it's it's cold certainly, but this is when you can really have some success and catch some big fish out there. Uh, also, uh, hunting season, you know, still going in uh, in uh, both Missouri and Illinois. Um, are you hearing anything from guys coming in and out of the shop about uh, the success they're having, whether it be on the water or in the woods? Uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty good. Yeah. Fish, like you said, fishing still really, really good. Uh, and then it sounded like there was a pretty good uh, deer harvest there last week. It was second uh, shotgun season for Illinois, and uh, uh, it went went pretty well from what I what I seen. Yeah, talk to. Yeah, we'll have to get uh, Tim Shelswick from Drury Outdoors in in the next week or so and uh, check it with him and see how that is going and see some of these numbers uh, because I'm hearing the same things. I'm hearing it's a really great time to not only be out on the water but to be out in the woods right now. Um, and so that's exciting stuff. Do we hear? Have we heard anything about the catfish? Any have not news? heard anymore. Have not heard anymore. So those oh, guys man, either, I am either they're dying being, to get this information, being tight-lipped about it, or well, maybe it wasn't quite there. Ah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah maybe so. it wasn't quite what they thought it was. Which is, but we did have a bank uh, bank fisherman caught a hundred and five pounder that that we really yeah, yeah that which is that's one of the biggest ones I've ever heard caught from the. I was gonna say so yeah because. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
catching a fish that size for the bank is extremely rare. Extremely rare. That's yeah, he he caught it and uh, and that was that one was yeah hundred five they let it go but uh, yeah that was one of my regular customers and that was pretty you know that's 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 really good that is really yeah, good you know they'll catch a lot in the seventies and stuff every now and then one in the eighties but to pop a hundred pounder yeah know, to go in the, the triple bank. digits from the bank is pretty yeah because you just incredible. you just can't cover as much water so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's an awesome story. That's that's what I'm talking about. You know, that's that is it's this time of year that you know I get it. You know, we it's not as uh it's not as uh, recreational or as pleasurable because of the weather out there. But if you're looking to catch the big fish right now, the the time to be on the water is now. Like guys like Mark Marfell, there's lots of tournaments this time of year because of that, and. You know, guys like Mike Barfield, this is what they they live for. They look forward to this time of year because it's such a great time to be out there. So if you're going to be out on the water anytime soon, of course, make sure you get out there and check them out at Bluff City Outdoors in Alton, about a mile east of Fast Eddie's. They have you covered with everything you need um, if you're going fishing and if you are going hunting. Oh, one other question I've been meaning to ask you about um, about the bows and stuff and and, and that industry and, and Jeff out there. Um, we're seeing some expansion. I know you've had tremendous um reaction to some of the bow giveaways that you have done and obviously some of those products that you're carrying but that industry is expanding as well like the crossbows and some of the other types of uh, equipment that yeah, uh, crossbows are just i think every year they get more and more popular i mean they're easier to use uh, and as people get older too their shoulders start you know rotator cuffs and stuff they can't pull pull the bow back yeah so it does keep them in the field with an option i wonder know? if um you know we talked a, a couple months ago about how um about how the the electronics on the boat and fishing how there is a there is a section of fishermen that think that that's cheating that like oh if you're using these you know, the latest and greatest electronics, then, you know, you're taking away the sport aspect of it. I wonder if there's a, I wonder if they, if there's a group of bow hunters that frown upon crossbows. Oh, oh def, definitely there yeah. is. You have your, you have your purists. Of course, there's also a group of bow hunters that are traditionalists that shoot with recurves. Yeah. And traditional bows that think a compound, a compound bow, bow is, is no, yeah, is it's cheating. cheating you know? <laughs> so, you know, just, and then you got the, like I said, the, the, the crossbow and then one is it does extend your range uh but you know we we still tell people hey you know try to get 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 you a 20 yard shot even with the crossbow you know yeah. you, you want to make a good shot on that deer yeah you don't want to be yeah you, yeah don't get overconfident because of the equipment that you're using and make a bad shot and injure yeah. the animal and not you know yeah just because you can shoot further doesn't mean you should shoot that's further. exactly right that's a great point uh, all right, we're going to talk to Luke DeMilner, a trapper up there in Iowa here in just a moment. want to remind you that if you are going to be doing any grilling anytime soon, make sure you have a bag of Rockwood Lump Charcoal with you. Rockwood Lump Charcoal, great local company that has also been rated the number one consumer-ranked charcoal in the nation nine years in a row. Uh, we're about to go into a new year. It could be 10 years in a row very, very soon for Rockwood Lump Charcoal. Uh, so much better than your traditional briquettes uh, that you might be used to grilling with. Uh, Rockwood Lump Charcoal is just, it's cleaner. It's more organic. I mean, basically, you're just talking about Missouri hardwoods. It, it, that's it's basically the ingredients in, uh, in, in Rockwood Lump Charcoal. So 
Burns a lot cleaner, burns a lot faster, burns a lot hotter, gives you a whole lot more control. And you can find Rockwood Lump Charcoal at over 100 area stores. Find the one closest to you, as well as picking up some uh, grilling tips and tricks all at rockwoodcharcoal.com. All right, don't go anywhere. We're going to talk to Luke DeMilner, trapper up in Iowa, and see if he's caught another 100 raccoons. Uh, you know, we're coming up on noon, halfway through the day. He should at least have 50, 60 in the, in the truck, right? He's been racking them up. <laughs> Look forward to that. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. And uh, stay warm and good luck in that uh, in that cold weather and that snow up there in Iowa. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Yeah, I'll do what I can. Thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah, I you bet. It. Thank hey. you so much. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, that is Luke Milner. He is a trapper up there in Iowa. And yeah, great stuff. Great, great stories. I love to talk to guys like that because those, you know, that's your. That's an industry. Salt that, of the earth. Type yeah, people. yeah, exactly. And an industry that people don't, you know, really even consider is a, you know, a thing that's so important that it that affects so many people's lives and, you know, impacts the land. And, uh, you know, you know and, farmers think of <clears throat> raccoons as giant grain eating rats. Yeah. That's basically because they'll, if they got food, they'll, they'll never leave the food. They'll go down and get some water. But if, if they got everything they need in a short, small area, they stay there. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Great stuff there from Luke DeMilner. Let's take another quick break. When we get back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more and bring you this weekend's fishing report. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 1019 and 941 News Talk. This is the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. Welcome back to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 1019-941 News Talk STL. Tony Colombo in studio with producer Leah and my partner Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. And as we mentioned, joining us on the phone now is Luke DeMilner. He is uh, battling the snow, Mark, up in Iowa. Up in Iowa, yep. And uh, I know that you know one of the things that we've talked about, uh, especially here recently on the show in the recent weeks, is uh trapping and how it's one of your sort of uh yeah, it's what i like to do yeah when one I of your yep. favorite uh uh things to do and it's something that we uh that we don't talk about i think as uh, enough or as much as we do some of the other activities that we talk about here on the show and so that's why we wanted to get luke demilner on with us he is a trapper up in iowa and luke we really appreciate your time this afternoon how's it going it's going good. I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, you bet. So um, you tell us. I have a lot of questions for you, but just basically, um, you know, we've 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 talked to Mark and we've you know talked to some trappers on the show in the past and heard some stories about uh, you know various uh, critters that need to be moved and, and and you know issues that they're causing. But um, what is your what's what is your do you have a do you have a, a primary? I know raccoons. I know you've caught hundreds this just this year um alone uh so i know that that's a big one obviously that's uh that's sort of a problem for everybody across the country but uh uh raccoons or or coyotes or any other critters like what's a what's a what's a typical day or what's you know what's your specialty up there my my forte if you will on what i like to catch would be Raccoon and beaver, those are the things I really always hit hard. I do raccoon in the fall slash winter, 
and then I hit the beaver pretty hard in the spring usually. But um, the main thing with the raccoons is we just have so much ag ground up here, and they cause so much crop damage. I mean, I'm talking millions of dollars in crop damage every year, and I catch probably 80% of my raccoons going to cornfields. So by taking out, I'm at 1,095 right now for raccoons on the year. So taking out that many raccoons definitely helps out the farmers. And then everyone knows what beavers can do to trees in a very short amount of time. So keeping them in check really helps as well. I ended up harvesting a little over 100 beaver last year as well. Yeah, we were just talking last week, Mark, about beavers and how much uh, damage they can yeah, do. They- cause a ton of damage in yeah. a short period of time it's incredible yeah trees and, and waterways and you yep. know and, Damn and stuff up, yeah blood fields so uh so when it comes to raccoons like i've got a i've got a, a a famous raccoon story that i've told a couple times on on this show about uh when we were staying at this um at this little log cabin place way out in the woods in southern missouri and uh had these couple raccoons trying to get in the cabinet uh, a cabin in the middle of the night and um uh, like even, even me being there s- swinging a broom at them just on the other side of a, uh, of a screen door, they were still like unfazed, just uninterested in leaving, even though I'm smacking this broom right on their face, right on the other side of a screen door. They were like, will you just get out of my way so I can get in your cabin and get your food, please? Like get the broom out of my face. Uh, is it, uh, are raccoons, are there, uh, what's the, their population numbers? It's cause it seems to me like we're seeing more of them and maybe they're getting a little bit more bold, but, uh, is that what you're seeing as well? Or are, are they, is it becoming more of a problem than it, uh, maybe has been in the past? Yeah. So, um, for one, our population up here, especially is just outrageous. I mean, with the ag with the development of ag production over the last century, really, in Iowa, it's just turned it into a raccoon factory, mm. honestly. I mean, it's made it perfect habitat for raccoons. The population's completely out of whack. I mean, for example, my first route that I ran this year was 100 miles, and I ended up taking over 600 coon off of that route. <sighs> so if you think about that, every mile of road that you're driving, I took a little over six raccoon per mile. Mm. So that's just the density of them that we have. And then as for them getting more bold, I always tell people it's not necessarily the raccoons getting more bold. It's more of there's more people moving to the countryside now Mm. in the raccoons' home territory to where we are really taking their home and they're just adjusting to it. So we are really in their world when you get out in the country like that. Yeah, and I, I think most, I think people, when it comes to uh, animals, wild animals, especially, you know, ones that are smaller than us, like a raccoon, that they just expect people, I think, expect those animals to just run away as soon as they see you. Raccoons are not like that, though. They are a lot smarter and they are a lot more. You know, like we said, bold or just like uh, stubborn or I don't know what, you know, they, they just they, raccoons are a different creature when it comes to to that. They they'll stand their ground and they're a lot smarter than people think. I mean, this like seriously, I thought these I thought these two in this cabin were going to unlock the door. Like <laughs> I really thought they were going to figure out how to yeah. unlock the screen door and get in like there's they are a different they are a different animal than um than most is would you agree with that assessment yes so 
it's funny about your cabinet story. So raccoons actually have an, uh, a thumb, yeah, if you right. will, just like a human hand. Yep. So they can actually do stuff like that because they have that dexterity in their hand. But when you talk about raccoons not being scared of anything, the other thing about that, too, is raccoons do not have a predator in nature that hunts them other than like a hawk or whatever mm. because coyotes will not touch a raccoon because they're a raccoon you know it's just they're tough little animals mm -hmm. they're all muscle they don't taste that good so they really i mean i got a carcass pile or whatever and coyotes will not touch it they will huh. not eat a raccoon huh. so they have virtually no predators in nature that are after them so that is also a part yeah. of the population problem on why we have to manage these animals because they have no natural predators. Yeah, and why and and a good uh, reason explanation to why they're not scared, because they're not they're not, yeah. they're, not you know, they're not built to be scared. They don't have you know that uh, those instincts in yeah. them because they don't have any natural predators. So and they're not used to having are, to run away. And they are tough, tough, tough. Yeah, you know? yeah. they're a tough little animal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they are, they uh, are really tough. So, um, uh, what's the what's the what's the procedure like? What's the procedure to to move a raccoon, and what is the um, you know what are some of the things that you have to be very careful uh, about when you're dealing with these animals? Um, the biggest thing I would say with dealing with them, honestly, in my opinion, as far as you yourself getting affected from the animal while you're dealing with them is I would say after you dispatch them, be very careful of where their claws are going because mm -hmm. if they scratch you up, it's similar to like if a cat were to scratch you, mm -hmm. you know, those claws, I mean, they are not clean by any means. So you really have to kind of watch yourself as far as when they're kicking or whatever after dispatch, because if you get cuts on your hand, you don't know where them claws have been and what they've mm -hmm. been eating all night. Mm -hmm. So you really got to, really got to watch that part and then of course if you're skinning and processing your animals or whatever just be extra careful if you do make a mistake make sure you clean it the second you do because the things that these animals are carrying that don't necessarily affect them can really affect us as people yeah, yeah. Hey, hey luke are you uh you running a bunch of dog proof traps or are you running uh footholds i do i run a i run a mix um, this year, it's mostly dog-proof simply because our water levels are so low this year that yeah. the water has really struggled to stay open with our colder nights. So I've been running mostly dog-proofs and 220s for the most part. I, I wish I could use all 220s, to be honest with you, but we have to be a minimum of 200 yards from a house to use one. And then if you get out in the countryside and you see, well, there's a house a half mile down the road, they got dogs that walk the road, then you make the own decision that, well, I'm not going to set it here because it's just not worth the risk. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to have to interfere with the landowner like that and get a bad rep for trappers. So you just kind of got to be smart about where you use your 220s, but dog proofs and 220s for the most part. I like to run uh, pocket sets with one and a half footholds and uh, chain drowners as well where I can, where there's open water. Mm-hmm. Talking to Luke DeMilner, he is a trapper up in Iowa. Uh, well, we have a few minutes left. I want to ask you a little bit about beavers and, and a couple other things. But uh, to wrap up the raccoon uh, conversation, if people are listening to the show and you know they are like me, they you know maybe they're uh, you know staying somewhere in the woods and 
they have an encounter with a raccoon or even just at their house. You know, if they are if they if, if they're noticing that they're having raccoons get in into the garbage and things like that. What is the what's the best advice for somebody dealing with raccoons? Should they call someone like you, a professional, immediately? Is that the safest thing to do, or is there are there steps that somebody could maybe take on their own to try to maybe not remove, but at least um, uh, protect their garbage or their you know home, their property from from raccoons? Yeah, I mean, I to that extent, I would say it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got raccoons getting into your barn or whatever, you know, that's one thing that's not directly affecting you. Maybe go out and try and do it on your own to save yourself some money as far as nuisance animal removal goes. But if they're in your house, attic, you know, in your garbage, in town or whatever, I would definitely try and get a hold of a professional for that simply because of all the legal deals with trapping within city limits and whatever. I would definitely get a hold of someone or someone who knows someone as far as a nuisance wildlife animal removal goes, because if you don't, if you don't know enough about these animals, they, I mean, they're little balls of fire. They can (laughs) really put up a fight. So if you don't, if you don't know what you're doing, I just recommend calling someone or finding someone that does. Have you ever had a close encounter? Oh, I've had a lot. (laughs) Um, I've had, I mean, I've had them bite my boots and all that. They've never gotten through my boots, thankfully, but yeah, sometimes I, they'll lunge at you. But yeah, I can't imagine. I, 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 I like we said, they're so, uh, they're so brave. You know, they don't have that fear in them that it makes it kind of a whole different uh, situation. I, I wanted to, you, you touched on the. Um, on water levels up there in Iowa. And that's that's been a big conversation for us down here in the St. Louis area this year because our rivers, you know, we're, we're right here, especially in, in our area and where Mark's at, uh, Bluff City Outdoors there in Alton, you know, the confluence of the Mississippi River and the Missouri River. And, you know, we have a lot of waterways around here, the Illinois River, and it is unbelievable how low these rivers are. The, the water is so low from the, um, you know, lack of rain that we had this year. Is it? Are you dealing with like historic levels as far as um, as that's concerned up there in Iowa as well as it is? Has it been as big of a, a thing up there as it is here? Yeah, it's. I know in my part of the state is not as bad as if you get further south in the state, but it is still as far as recent history and as far as when I've been trapping, this is the lowest I've ever seen it. I mean, the tiles from the fields aren't running, so there's no water really going into the creeks. Any rain we do get gets soaked right into the ground, and the water's just incredibly low. So what kind of impact does that have? Maybe on, like you said, you know, beavers is is, uh, one of the critters that you deal with a whole lot. Like, um, when the water level is down like that, does it it displace animals? Uh, Does it uh, change their behavior and then have to, and then, you know, uh, uh, in turn change how you have to go about your job. Does that, does, does, when the water's low like that, does it have a, a big impact on what you do? As far as beaver trapping goes, yes, because so when our creeks are normal level, you know, they're three, four, five, sometimes six foot deep. A beaver can live in that totally fine, not have to dam it up or nothing. They'll have bank dens or whatever. And the water's perfectly fine because it's deep enough for them where they can survive the winter, no problems. But when we get this low water like this to where you got a foot, maybe a foot and a half or less of water, 
then those beavers have to dam up the creeks and hold back water. Mm. Otherwise, they're not going to survive through the winter. So we're seeing more and more beaver sign, although there's not really more beaver in the area. There's just more beaver damage because they have to dam up these creeks in order to survive. So that also changes my way of trapping them because it's different in the spring when you're trapping traveling beaver in a creek at a normal level versus trapping a bridge that's got a big beaver dam and some bank dens and whatnot. It's, you got to break it down totally different on how you want to catch those animals. So here I'm going to ask a really dumb question and probably lose a little credibility when I ask this. But, you know, obviously we all know that beavers, what they do, they, they build dams. But what is their, what's the primary instinctual reason for the animal to build the dam? Is it, are they building themselves a, a nest, a house? Are they doing it to trap food? What is the, why do beavers build dams? I told you it was really dumb. Basic question. The, the main reason in Iowa that they build dams that I know of is to allow them to have deep enough water to survive through the winter and have kits in the spring hmm. to where they have enough water around to where they can make it through that winter, you know, because that female, she's going to be pregnant throughout the winter. So they got to have enough water underneath the ice to be able to survive. So that's why they dam stuff up like that. And then they'll also say they got an area dammed up while they clear all those trees out around the water and then they'll go to damming it up more because it is easier for that beaver to swim up to a tree to chew it down than it is for it to walk oh. say 20 or 30 yards from the water see because the beaver in the water is not as um not as prone to get killed by a coyote bobcat whatever when it's swimming versus if it's got to walk on dry land. Yeah, that makes sense. It gives them, it, yeah, it, it gives them more area to work. They're, they're safer in the water, yeah, so make more water. Yeah, they expand their range to get to more yeah, food. And yeah. they just keep on stepping it up as they do that. Right. If they've been in an area a long time. Yeah, just try know. to make as much yeah, water as they can. Another foot of water, get some more access to other trees that are out further. Oh, okay, yeah. those get chopped down, they raise it another Raising yeah. another foot. Yeah, that, that's real common. See, we all learn. It's a it's a entertaining show, but it's also an educational show. Luke, uh, thanks so much for your time uh, this morning. It's been great talking with you. I hope we can get you back on the show sometime soon. And uh, stay warm and good luck in that uh, in that cold weather and that snow up there in Iowa. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again sometime down the road. Yeah, I'll do what I can. Thanks for having me. Guys. Yeah, I you bet. It. Thank hey. you so much. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, that is Luke Milner. He is a trapper up there in Iowa. And, yeah, great stuff. Great great stories. I love to talk to guys like that because those, you know. That's your that's uh, an industry salt that, of the earth type yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. And an industry that people don't, you know, really even consider is a, you know, a thing that's so important that it that affects so many people's lives and, you know, impacts the land. And, uh, you know. You know and, farmers think of <clears throat> raccoons as giant grain-eating racks. Yeah, that's basically because they'll if they got food they'll they'll never leave the food they'll go down and get some water but if if they got everything they need in a short small area they stay there yeah yeah that's awesome great stuff there from Luke the Milner let's take another quick break when we get back uh, we'll talk a little bit more and bring you this weekend's fishing report don't go anywhere you're listening to the Bluff City Outdoors Show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk.
You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on News Talk STL. You're listening to the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL. One more segment to go here for you. Just want to remind you that if you missed that uh, great conversation with Luke DeMilner that we just uh, wrapped up or you want to hear it again, or you just want to make sure you never miss anything that happens here on the Bluff City Outdoor Show, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast. We put the show out as a podcast shortly after we get off the air every week. And uh, it's basically on all of the podcasting platforms. So whatever your favorite is, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, subscribe to the Bluff City Outdoors Show podcast and uh, you'll never miss anything that we talk about here. Going to bring you this week's fishing report in just a moment. I uh, want to remind you also that it is a great time of year to visit our friends out at Great Harvest Bread Company in Maplewood. Cannot go wrong when you go in that store. And, you know, it's a great place to go all year round. But something about the Christmas season, the holiday season, and just the smells inside that bakery and the great products, the cookies, the snickerdoodles, the muffins, the breads, the pumpkin bread. Oh, my God. Uh, it's just It just fits this time of year so perfectly. So uh, next time you are in Maplewood or just make a special trip to get out there and visit them. And you will not be sorry that you did. Uh, learn more about Great Harvest Maplewood at greatharvestmaplewood.com. All right, Tony Colombo here with producer Leah and, of course, my co-host, Mark McMurray from Bluff City Outdoors. And it is time for the fishing report, Mark. So take us, okay. take it away. Let's get with it. Uh, go out first out to Truman Lake, uh, Jordan Lear, just a guide and a buddy out there. Crappie are great. Fish uh, 25 to 30 feet in the brush piles and standard timber on the main lake in the mouth of the creek. Jigs and minnows are both working. Natural colors in the clean water, dark colors in the stained water. Catfish are good. Anchoring halfway back in the creeks, channel edges in the main channel using fresh cut shad, 25 to 40 feet using the Santee Cooper rig. White bass and hybrids are fair. Fish the main lake points, the backs of the creeks, windbone blakes using rooster tails, three inch sliders, uh, white and pearl are working the best. And on bass, uh, the good is good. Fish the main lake, windy blanks, halfway up the creeks in the coves, half ounce football head around the brush piles, 10 to, 10 to 20 feet of water. Jerk baits in the shad color, spinner baits in white and chartreuse, and Alabama rigs are starting to work well. Carlisle, Jake Neely, he's a guide out there. Crappie are on fire in the brush. Catfish are good in the shallows, and everything else is slow. Got the wren, Fred Mooney, he's a guide out there. Uh, still below a, a normal pool, and uh, the rain's still putting some of the uh, muddy water back into the mm. to the uh, to to the lake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get it, uh, mm-hmm. uh, crappie bite has uh, has been great this week. And they're still hitting the orange head with the Cajun cricket color. And Eric Mooring, local rivers in, in lakes. Uh, the winter bite's still on fire for the blues, and uh, they're hammering Chad. And I know that that uh, 105 from the bank was caught on Chad. Uh, mm. Water temps uh, around 41 degrees. Crappie are on fire, 10 to 15 feet of water. And large amounts are being caught on jigs and jerk baits. I'm glad you mentioned that because we didn't we did not uh, uh, say that in the last segment. We were talking about that fish, 105 pound catfish caught on the bank. Was that Mississippi, Missouri? What, I think know? he was fishing the Mississippi, Mississippi River. Yeah, and uh, caught off the bank with uh, uh, Chad. You said Chad, Chad, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty. That's impressive stuff. Awesome, awesome stuff. All right, let's uh, go out to the Lake of the Ozarks, and of course, our buddy Mike Marfell. He says. 
Uh, Lake of the Ozarks temperatures have dropped below 50, and the Alabama rig is a strong player now. That is starting to get mentioned everywhere. You yep. had that in your report there, too. Along with the jerkbait and jig, fish the Alabama rig for the suspended fish you find under the bait with your electronics or just blind cast it on points, main lake secondary points, bluff ends, and channel swing banks. Still fish shallow that can be caught on the jerkbait or jig. Concentrate on banks getting wind with chunk to boulder size rock, and if they are south-facing, even better. Slow rolling a spinnerbait or swim bait working as well. Great time of the year to be at Lake of the Ozarks. Fishing is good, and you pretty much have it to yourself. Dress warm and take a spare set of clothes in case you go in, because it will not be a fun ride back to the ramp and potentially life-threatening if you don't. Always great advice. Yep, that's good advice. It makes me chuckle a little bit, uh, because uh, just the thought of going in is, um, you know... Not really on my mind this time of year, but it is good advice to always have, like in our boat, we have some blankets and things like that, you know, in you case there is prepared. an accident. Yeah, in case yeah. there is an accident, you want to be you want to be prepared for that. Because yeah, I've gone over my waders a couple times trapping it and, and had, had an extra pair of clothes in the car. Oh, had to yeah. get back to the car, but yeah. at least I had something to oh. throw on and to, to finish and that the water goes right over the top of that. Of that those is pants. cold, cold, <laughs> cold. That leg, wow, that'll wake you up for sure. Uh, before we run out of time, we touched on it at the beginning of the show, but of course, uh, lots of exciting stuff happening out at Bluff City Outdoors. Great time to get out there. And shop with the sale happening this week. Uh, it's it's this week, right? Yeah, it's For, this week. Yep. Yeah. So fifteen uh, percent off everything uh, in the store this week. So great place to go out and do some Christmas shopping. Of course, take advantage of the archery range, and then also coming up, um, we've got the Let's Go the Fishing, fishing show. show. Yeah. So yep. yeah. So uh, remind folks about that show, and uh, they can come out and visit you, of course. Uh, you'll have a, a big old booth set out there at the Let's Go Fishing Show and um, also just a great place in yeah, it's overall. Just, it's good good for the kids to have the trout pond and stuff out there. I think that's the 6th, 7th, and 8th, I believe, of January. It's that first weekend uh, coming up. And, again, like I said, we got our sale going on out Bluff City Outdoors, 15% off. There are some things that bows, crossbows, traps, and uh, live and frozen baits are not not on right. sale. Gotcha. But, yeah. But uh, everything else is. So. Yeah. It's Look a great time to be us. out there yep. shopping. Where's the, uh, where's the show? Let's Go Fishing Show? It's over at the Gateway Center in Collinsville. Yeah, and uh, get uh, more information. And you guys are going to have quite the setup this year too, right? Oh, yeah, we'll have, have, a, we'll have a real big booth up there. A lot going on, yeah. Yep. Just an awesome, awesome show. Family, great great thing to bring the kids yep. to also. Stuff for kids, free so, parking. Yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, set your calendars and get out there and check out the Let's Go Fishing Show. Uh, all right, that's going to just about do it. Uh, also, don't forget, uh, when it comes to Bluff City Outdoors, if you want to learn more about the sale or just learn more about the store and the products and everything else that's happening out there with the Techno Hunt System and the Archery Range, the Let's Go Fishing Show, follow Bluff City Outdoors on Facebook and uh, also check them out on their website, bluffcityoutdoors.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Bluff City Outdoors Show podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss anything that we talk about here on the show. We will be back next Saturday at 11 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of the Bluff City Outdoor Show on 101.9 and 94.1 News Talk STL.